WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 13th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Thunderstorms likely this morning, then a partly cloudy afternoon, high 78. Partly cloudy tonight and overnight, low 64, and then tomorrow, sunshine, high 79. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 68 and cloudy in Mount Kisco up in Westchester County, 74 and raining in Cape May, New Jersey, and it is 73 and light drizzle here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. So the next six days are your last chance to catch a seven o'clock sunset. This is that time of year where it's beautiful outside, but it gets kind of depressing because the sun goes down earlier and earlier. I know it happens every single year, but um, September 19th. So uh, six days from now, it'll be the final 7 p.m. sunset of 2023. And then you'll have to wait until March of 2024 to get another 7 p.m. sunset. But, uh, boy, is that great when it stays light so late. But uh, you got six more days to enjoy it until 7 o'clock. And then, it, of course, it gets a minute earlier or so every day. The uh, shortest day of the year is December 8th. And that's the uh, sun goes down way too early then. Like, you're not even out of work yet, and the sun is already going down. I was sad to see that um, former New York City Police and Fire Commissioner Howard Safer has passed away. He was 81 years old. His son, son telling the New York Times uh, last night that his father died at a hospital on Monday in Annapolis from a sepsis infection. WABC's Bob Brown got a little bit more on this story. Safer heading up the FDNY in the mid-90s under Mayor Giuliani and then served as Giuliani's police commissioner from 1996 to 2000. As fire commissioner, Safer visited every firehouse and led efforts to reorganize and re-equip the department, including with life-saving gear. Later, he served as police commissioner, helping to reduce crime. He also created the department's courtesy, professionalism, and respect program. That phrase still painted on the side of every police car in New York City. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. Yeah, longtime public servant, dead at the age of 81. Last night, there was a special election. Democrat Sam Berger winning the special election for a state assembly seat in Queens last night in a race where Public safety and migrant shelters were the top campaign issues. Berger is a 25-year-old law school graduate. Uh, he beat David Hirsch with almost all the ballots counted this morning. He had 55% of the vote. The Queens District covers Whitestone, uh, College Point, and Kew Gardens. Berger's victory means uh, Democrats hold on to that seat. He ran as a moderate who campaigned in favor of changes to the criminal justice system. The seat opened when Daniel Rosenthal, who was also a Democrat, resigned from the Assembly. So now, with last night's special election, Democrats have 102 seats in the Assembly. Republicans have 48. All right, let's get into the big headlines of the morning. 
The top five at five. No one knows where a Pennsylvania prison escapee might be. Republicans want to impeach President Biden. A battle between Texas and the Big Apple gets uglier. A man who sucker punched a cop is walking the streets this morning. And what's this? Those over-the-counter cold medicines apparently don't work at all. All right, let's get into it. 504 Everybody's talking about Danilo Cavalcante, the escaped killer who's now armed with a stolen rifle after escaping a jail in Pennsylvania in Chester County. Now more than two weeks ago, Deputy U.S. Marshal Robert Clark says now the hunt is even more dangerous for his officers and for Cavalcante because he's got that weapon. That raises the stake for our officers, our deputy marshals, and it increases the chance that that force is going to be used to make an arrest. The head of the Pennsylvania State Police says Cavalcante stole the rifle from an open garage before being shot at by the homeowner while racing away. It's believed Cavalcante was not hurt. Police searching a wooded area with rough terrain for the dangerous escapee, but they've widened the perimeter of where he might be, which suggests that they may not know where he actually is or have an idea if he's even in that county anymore. Calvacanti busted out of prison, Chester County near Philly, where he was serving a life sentence for stabbing his girlfriend 38 times in front of the kids. Once again, we're in that tactical game of hide and seek, only this time uh, he's armed. So Clark, uh, who is the Pennsylvania State Police captain, says uh, he has a message for critics who say Cavalcante should have already been caught. Uh, I invite them to come down here and try to run this investigation any better. Yeah, they have been getting a lot of pushback that maybe they should have been able to catch this guy already. Have you seen, if you have, and we'll put it up at WABCRadio.com, have you seen the video of his escape from jail in Chester County? It is unbelievable. I will put it up at WABCRadio.com. I could not even do it justice describing it, but he does the crab walk. Do you remember doing the crab walk around the pool when you were a kid? Sometimes they would, the lifeguard would make you do that if you'd done something wrong. So uh, he's doing the crab walk to get out of this prison. I mean, he's really, he's five feet tall and 120 pounds. So he's a little guy. And from Brazil, uh, there is a thought that uh, people somewhere along the way have helped him. Uh, for sure they know that he called some former co-workers. And where he got a phone or where he was calling from, that's not really clear. But he called one of his co-workers when he got out of jail for help. And that co-worker was like, yeah, 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 got off the phone and called the cops. Um, and they think his sister may have some sort of connection. They're in the process of deporting her back to Brazil. Not sure if he's here legally or not, but the suggestion is that he's probably not. Uh, but anyway, boy, this story just sort of gets bigger by the day and everybody you want, it's, it's, it's a mystery people want to solve and see how it's going to end. Let's hope it doesn't end in a violent way for anybody else except maybe for Danilo Cavalcante. WABC News Time 509. It's impeachment time. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy backing an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. The Amer the California Republican making that announcement yesterday, citing dealings with the Biden family is made with foreign companies and governments. The president and his son, Hunter, have denied any wrongdoing. And so far, there's been no evidence the president was involved in his son's business affairs. But Republicans say they do have some evidence. I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. These are allegations of abuse of power 
obstruction and corruption, and they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. The top Republican in the Senate, he's not saying much about the impeachment inquiry into the president. I don't have any advice to give to the House. They've got a totally different set of challenges than we do. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell there telling reporters his chamber has its hands full with passing bills to keep the government running and avoiding a shutdown at the end of the month. We've got our hands full here trying to get through the appropriations process and not have an omnibus. The impeachment inquiry into President Biden is absurd, so says Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer talking to reporters yesterday. So I'm disappointed, but we are not going to let it stop us here in the Senate from keeping the government open and working in a bipartisan way. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. Of course, local lawmakers asked about this yesterday during a press conference. Governor Hochul asked what she thought about the impeachment inquiry to President Biden. All of his ethical violations and charges with federal criminal behavior And that individual is still occupying a seat in the Republican House of Representatives. She's talking about George Santos there. So was it some Republicans that pushed Kevin McCarthy to do this impeachment? Matt Gates, the Florida Republican, had sent a warning to the House Speaker that he wasn't doing enough investigating this. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. Yeah, and so there was uh, some challenges, for sure, on parts of the Republican Party who say that they thought the House Speaker wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. Here's more from Matt Gates yesterday. Bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. We have had no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required. There has been insufficient accountability for the Biden crime family. So here we are with another impeachment inquiry. Of course, we'll follow that story all day long right here, 77 WABC. 512, the White House insists the U.S. is not giving money to Iran despite a $6 billion transfer of funds to the regime. State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller says the money did not belong to the U.S. These are Iran's funds. These are Iranian money. The money part of a recent prisoner swap involving five Americans. The Biden administration allowed banks to transfer the frozen Iranian cash that was previously off limits due to sanctions. State Department says the money already belonged to Iran and the regime can only spend it on humanitarian needs. The president and the secretary have decided that their first priority is to bring these American citizens home. And that's why we agreed to this arrangement to do that. There are people who are claiming that we are giving money and we cannot give something that is not ours. But Republicans say that argument is just absurd. They say there's no way to actually trace what Iran spends all of that money on. 513 Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell doubling down now on his support for Ukraine as Russia continues its invasion there. The United States probably has a deeper understanding of how Ukraine is using weapons provided by the United States and our allies than we've had with any other partner nation. Kentucky Republican on the Senate floor pushing back against skeptical Republicans who argue there isn't enough oversight of U.S. funding for Ukraine. Ukraine is not Iraq or Afghanistan. It is a modern democracy firmly committed to integration with the West. Congress currently weighing a $40 billion request from the Biden administration that includes more aid for Ukraine, border security and domestic disaster relief. 514. 
AI, artificial intelligence, is one of the most complex and important issues Congress will face. And the lawmakers are quick to say they don't totally understand everything about it, so they're going to hold a hearing on it. Artificial intelligence has grown in complexity, speed, and power, doing things even experts didn't think possible so soon. That's Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on the Senate floor as the first AI forum on Capitol Hill scheduled for today. Lawmakers going to meet with tech leaders to discuss Congress's role in regulating AI. But first, they have to understand everything about AI. So they're going to hear from some major leaders in the high tech industry. Uh, Elon Musk is going to go before this panel. Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, Bill Gates, Microsoft. All these folks going to go before these lawmakers. It's going to be a closed-door meeting, so we won't get to see what it looks like. But um, they say they want to be educated as much as possible. For Congress to legislate on artificial intelligence is for us to engage in one of the most complex and important subjects Congress has ever faced. You know, I kind of agree with him on that. I don't know if you've been following this whole debate about AI and how to regulate it, but uh, it is a huge deal, and uh, maybe these big high-tech folk will give them some insight that they do not have right now. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. It is hump day, Wednesday. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Happy hump day. Happy hump day to you as well. Know them all later. And we'll start here. What we pretty much knew yesterday morning was made official around noon after an MRI that Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers is done for the year after tearing his Achilles on Monday night against the Bills. Rodgers has been placed on injured reserve and will have surgery to repair his Achilles. Head coach Robert Sala declined to reveal a timetable but indicated their hope is that the four-time MVP and the centerpiece to their blockbuster offseason will stay with the team during his rehab and maybe even coach Zach Wilson up a little bit. The devastating injury, of course, sparked speculation about possible replacements. The Jets are expected to add a veteran, but as a backup. Salah emphasized that Zach Wilson is the new quarterback one and that no acquisition would be brought in to compete with the former first-round pick. We'll see how Wilson fares on Sunday in Dallas against the Cowboys after he gets a full week of practice with the first team under his belt. The Jets are currently nine-and-a-half-point underdogs there. The Giants, despite What their... veteran are they talking about, Dino? I, listen, there are odds out there in terms of uh, in terms of gambling. I'm, you know, you can actually put bets out. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz is out on the market, the former Washington uh, oh, commander and, uh, and, and Philadelphia Eagle. They're talking about Nick Foles, also the former Philadelphia oh Eagle. Oh, my God, really? So, the, yeah, I mean, even even Tom Brady. I, sh- I heard Shannon Sharp on uh, ESPN yesterday bring up Tom Brady, which is so far-fetched it's ridiculous. But, uh, you know. We'll see. Hmm. I would imagine they'd bring in uh, somebody with some experience to help uh, to help out with Zach Wilson and a safety blanket in case he goes down as well. So we'll see how he does on Sunday against the Cowboys. As for the Giants, despite their ugly Week One result, they're five and a half point favorites right now for their Sunday afternoon matchup in Arizona against the Cardinals on the diamond. The Yankees swept their day-night doubleheader yesterday in Boston against the Red Sox, taking the first game 3-2 to two before following that up with a 4-1 to one win in the nightcap. Clipper Torres had the big hit in Game 1, a go-ahead two-run single in the sixth inning that propelled the Yanks to victory in Game 2. Carlos Redon looked like the guy the Yankees paid for in the offseason, striking out nine socks and only allowing four hits over five innings of gritty work. Clark Schmidt will take the hill in tonight's Game 3-4 of four in Boston first pitch scheduled for 7-10 p.m. in Queens. The Mets were victorious as well, beating the Diamondbacks 7-4 in Game 2 of 4 with Arizona. Pete Alonso launched his 44th home run of the season. Francisco Alvarez had a dinger of his own, and Jose Buda earned his first career win on the Hill for New York in route to the win. The Mets will see if they can keep it going in Game 3 against Arizona tonight, set for a 7-10 p.m. first pitch as well. And left-hander Joey Lucchesi, he's scheduled to get the start. Sports.
On 77 WABC, no, I'm Justin Allen. WABC News Time 520. Federal prosecutors are accusing Google of stifling competition and operating in a legal monopoly with its popular search engine. Opening remarks were made before a federal judge in Washington yesterday in an antitrust trial against Google. Lawyers for the Justice Department argue that Google's exclusive contracts with phone makers and wireless carriers help stifle competition in violation of the U.S. antitrust law, the multi-week trial is expected to feature witness testimony from Google's CEO and executives from Apple, Microsoft, and Samsung. A Senate hearing looking at a push to remove some what see as sexually suggestive books from public libraries nationwide. A student activist uh, speaking at his name's Cameron Samuels. He feels these book bans are leading to more hate. If a friend knew the real extent of the Holocaust, maybe they would have thought twice before spraying cologne in my face saying he was gassing the Jew. Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee arguing that nobody is banning these books, that they're readily available. The idea, they say, is to make sure that they're only age-appropriate material in school libraries. Polls show several of the GOP presidential campaigns just struggling in the single digits and continue to do so. They're not raising or spending a lot of money either because uh, they don't have a lot of money. Some of these folks, they may not need a whole lot of money because they're not really focusing on a campaign per se. They just want to try to get maybe on the media and make the points they're trying to make. University of Iowa political professor Tim Hagel, of course, Iowa caucuses first in the nation, says it's possible some of the lower tier candidates may drop out of the race after the second debate, which is at the end of this month. Others may stick it out until after the Iowa caucuses. We're used to people that run for president who aren't really running for president and maybe shooting for that vice presidential slot, a cabinet position, or just to raise their name recognition for the next time around. Typically, after the Iowa Iowa caucuses and early primaries, candidates who do not perform well choose to end their campaigns. That's the case uh, every four years. At about this point, or at least after the second debate, you start to see some of those really low polling candidates say, okay, it's time to go. Yeah, some of them may go earlier. 522, McDonald's is planning to make some big changes. The Chicago-based fast food giant says it will eliminate self-serve soda and beverage stations in dining rooms across the nation by 2032. That means customers will no longer be handed cuffs to fill up on their own. The move comes as the company has seen a recent surge in business through its drive-through and delivery services. I'm Mark Mayfield. Jelly maker Smuckers buying a snack brand Hostess in what is a multi-billion dollar deal. J.M. Smucker, which has been in Orville, Ohio since the late 1800s, is going to buy Hostess for about $5.5 billion. That'll mean taking on $900 million in Hostess debt. Smucker will pay thirty-four twenty-five per share. Hostess has seen financial problems going back about a decade, filing for bankruptcy in 2012 and then reorganizing in 2013, selling off some of its brands at the time, like Wonder. The deal is expected to close in January. I'm Jack Crumley. An FDA advisory panel says a decongestion found in popular over-the-counter cold medicines probably doesn't really work. The panel unanimously came to an agreement on the ineffectiveness of phenylephrine on Tuesday. Decongestant is found in common medicines like Benadryl Allergy Plus Congestion and Sudafed PE. During a two-day meeting, results of studies that show the decongestant wasn't more effective than placebo were presented by FDA scientists. The FDA will now decide whether or not the decongestant should be removed from products.
I'm Lisa Taylor. Yeah, good to know you've been wasting your money all these years. A Las Vegas resort could be losing money because of a cyber attack. MGM Resorts International says they were hit with a cybersecurity issue over the weekend. It shut down ATM, slot machines, and the MGM mobile app and forced customers to wait hours to check in. The resort not commenting on how the incident happened, but on Tuesday, the FBI confirmed they are investigating. A cybersecurity expert telling the Las Vegas Review Journal this morning that MGM was losing money every minute from failed reservations and those sports betting, which is, of course, huge now for MGM. More daytime TV talk shows are returning despite the ongoing actors and writers strikes in Hollywood. Multiple reports say the Jennifer Hudson show and Sherry will both return on September 18th. CBS's show The Talk will also be returning for its 14th season. This comes after the Drew Barrymore show was met with criticism for their decision to return despite the ongoing strikes. I'm Trey Thomas. I will do this. Stocks finished lower on Wall Street yesterday ahead of key inflation data. Tech share slid with Oracle dropping more than 10% on weak results. Rising oil prices also dampened market sentiment as investors await this morning's release of the August Consumer Price Index. I think it's going to be around 8.30 this morning. The Dow lost 17 points. S&P 500 fell 25 points. NASDAQ dropped 144 points. Apple shares were down despite the unveiling of that new iPhone 15 model. You're going to buy that? Amazon, Alphabet, and Microsoft also lost ground in the markets yesterday. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 533. Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 13th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Thunderstorms likely this morning, then a partly cloudy afternoon, the high 78. Partly cloudy tonight and overnight low 64 and then thursday sunshine high 79 if you are walking out the door with us right now so happy you are 68 in cloudy in mount kisco up in westchester it is 74 and raining in cape may down the jersey shore and it is 73 and raining here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the city. There are reports that former New York City Buildings Commissioner Eric Ehrlich will surrender to authorities today to face criminal charges. Ehrlich was indicted this summer, but the indictment was placed under seal. Even Ehrlich doesn't know exactly what the charges will be. The Daily News reports that he'll face charges for accepting a discounted apartment from a contractor who had business before the city. The New York Times is saying this morning that the charges will link Ehrlich to organized crime in illegal gambling. None of that good. Ehrlich resigned last November after his phone was seized in the district attorney's probe. We'll watch that story all morning long. Quick thinking out on Long Island and Patchog. This is a parking lot that faces the water. There's no barrier that separates the parking lot from the drink. And so now there's been three times over just a short period of time where people have driven into the water. And thankfully, all three of them have been saved. The latest rescue happening yesterday, a 19-year-old plunging into the water in Patchogue. Suffolk police say it happened at the dock at the end of South Ocean Avenue. The teen 
pulled out of the water by emergency service uh, officers and a good Samaritan who was on one of those sea uh, He saw her fall into the water and raced over to try and help. She hit the curb and shot out 30 feet. You know, in the air, it was crazy. Yeah, he said it was really scary. Officers actually used a fire extinguisher from his Sea-Doo to break the car's windshield and pull that teenager out of the car. Of course, not the first time this has happened. Over the summer, a man drove into the water at the same location. It's happened at least one other time. All three were saved. Patchogue's mayor asked last night by News 12 if it's time to put up a barrier between the parking lot and the water. People have asked me, should we put barricades up? Should we do this? No. I wouldn't. The next mayor can consider it. Yeah, it. Sounds like he doesn't want to do it. Maybe the thought is it'll ruin the view. It's awfully beautiful there. 535, Texas Governor Greg Abbott blasting Mayor Adam, President Biden over immigration, migration, the migrants that are being sent here. He says he's tired of Mayor Adams complaining that the city's running out of room for migrants. He says it's just outrageous. You know, if you think of New York City with its size and population, they cannot handle these What about Del Rio and Eagle Pass and the other small towns along the border? They are incapable uh, of dealing with this large influx coming in. Yeah, he says New Yorker has not seen anything like what Texas has has. And he says, hey, you're a self-proclaimed sanctuary city. So guess what? I'm going to continue to send buses to New York City from the U.S.-Mexico border. 110,000 have already arrived here. We're putting together even more buses than what we have now. Uh, to make sure that we're going to be able to move outside of the state of Texas uh, to other parts across the entire country. And he has a message for Mayor Adams. He says it's not going to stop. He's going to keep sending bus after bus. Uh, we will increase the busing of migrants even more because we're not going to have those people staying in Texas because we don't have the ability. It says it's costing New York billions of dollars to provide them services. But uh, he says, guess what? In Texas, it's costing us billions, too. They have so few migrants in New York compared to what we deal with every single day. Yeah. They love to promote these liberal ideologies until they have to actually live up and apply them. Uh, Governor Hochul saying lawmakers are entertaining every option when it comes to solving the migrant crisis. The governor says she's working on language that would grant migrants work authorization at the state level because it's taking too long for them to do it at the federal level. This would be unprecedented. And I believe this feds, federal government would believe that we need to have their authority to move forward with state work permits. But as I said... We have to let them work. Yeah, the thought is get them off the dole uh, and uh, supporting themselves so New Yorkers are not paying for it. Of course, the thought is so at $4 billion this year, $12 billion by the end of the next year, and it all falls on the taxpayers. WABC News Time 539, a violent night up in the Bronx. Two people in custody after a child was shot in the Bronx last night, took a bullet to the thigh on Beekman Avenue. This was around dinner time. Thank God he's in stable condition, being treated at a local hospital. He was just walking on the sidewalk with his grandmother when two guys started shooting at each other and one of the bullets hit him. They just shot each other back and forth with the baby caught in the middle and then everybody dissipated, dodged, and that's it. It's a violence since the 80s. They wrote a book about this neighborhood. That's true, they did. NYPD cops, boy, they raced to the scene fast enough that they caught up with these two gunmen. They've been arrested. Police recovered one of the guns at the scene. Police have surveillance video showing at least one of the men firing at an unknown target on the block. Uh, neighbors, of course, say they're tired of the violence. And you know, an eight-year-old, it's just outrageous. They just shot each other back and forth with the baby caught in the middle. And then everybody 
dissipated, dodged, and that's it. It's a violence since yeah, no, the no, 80s. They wrote a book about this neighborhood. Oh, okay. Uh, that sounds like that's the same bite we just played. It's not clear what may have led up to that shooting, uh, but they have the two gunmen in custody. A woman in her 60s killed after being hit by a red pickup truck in Brooklyn yesterday afternoon as she pushed a stroller. An eyewitness says she was hit while pushing the toddler around 1 o'clock. This was 25th Avenue and Bath Avenue and Bath Beach. Baby is okay. Few few scratches, but yes, yeah, she's okay. Neighbors say people speed down this street all the time, and they're not shocked to hear that someone was hit. I mean, it's not that safe. Look at it that way. I mean, that's why they put the traffic, I mean, the traffic light, everything. A lot of speed camera around. There are two schools around here, but I guess it doesn't help. They, you know, the only way that can make a difference, anytime when a driver kills a person, they, they have to have, you know, I mean, to... More penalty. The child only suffered minor injuries. NYPD investigating to see who had the right of way. They're also running tests on the driver to see if any charges will be filed. Police continue to investigate after a 74-year-old man randomly pushed onto the tracks on the Upper East Side at a subway station there. It happened around midnight Tuesday on the 6-train platform at the 68th Street Hunter College Station. The victim who works at a local parking garage on 5th Avenue, was getting off for the night. And uh, he said that when he walked onto the platform, this crazed individual looked at him and told him to stop staring at him and then came up to him and shoved him onto the tracks. Well, the good news is is uh, there were a lot of people around who helped him get off the tracks. Uh, his injuries, for the most part, are minor cuts and bruises. His granddaughter, she's outraged that anybody would push a senior citizen onto the subway tracks. His day is coming. That's it. You don't just go around hurting people. We're all human beings. We're supposed to take care of each other, just like the animals take care of each other. You watch the pride, the lion pride. You hurt an elder, an elder. I hope the police catch up with them. That's all I got to say. Yeah, let's hope they do. Uh, you won't be shocked to hear that the wander attacker is believed to be homeless and have mental health issues. Out to Long Island, a tragic end to a story we told you about on Monday. A teenage boy has been pulled off life support, apparently has passed away after being hit by a police cruiser in Shirley on Saturday night. It was 13-year-old Anthony Stinson. He was riding his bicycle along William Floyd Parkway at an intersection when the officer hit him. She had her lights and sirens on, apparently, and uh, tried everything to miss him when she realized he was in the roadway. In fact, she crashed into three other cars. Uh, the mom, of course, the families all in mourning this morning. The police lady said to me, I don't know. He just came in front of my car. I didn't see him. Yeah, the female officer behind the wheel answering the call from an elderly woman who was in distress. Uh, and they took him off. Uh, the, the 13-year-old took him off life support. Uh, it was on Monday. 544. New York State bracing for Hurricane Lee's potential arrival. It doesn't look, we're not going to take a full on hit, but we could feel the effects, especially out on Long Island. The uh, National Hurricane Center does not forecast Lee will directly hit New York State, but the storm's final path is not 100% clear yet. So out on Long Island, they are taking every precaution, getting ready, telling people to get ready as well. We have to prepare and anticipate a uh, more, um, 
devastating circumstance should it change its course or its intensity uh, as the week unfolds. Yeah, better to be ready just in case. Governor Hochul there deploying 50 National Guard members to Long Island where high surf, flooding, rip currents, beach erosion are some of the top concerns. Hochul urging New Yorkers to closely monitor how the storm develops. Uh, Emergency management out on Long Island holding the road press conference yesterday. We stand ready to make sure that people are as safe as it can be. And if disaster hits, that we clear the roads. We rescue people from drainage. We do whatever we can uh, to make sure that we return to normal as soon as possible. Yeah, so we are watching Lee very closely. Right now, it doesn't look like it's going to come anywhere near us, but uh, it's not going to come our way till the weekend. So, of course, to keep it here, 77 WABC as we follow it at all. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellick. Thank you, No Malayden. What we pretty much knew yesterday was made official around noon yesterday after an MRI that Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers is done for the year after tearing his Achilles on Monday night against the Bills. Rodgers has been placed on the IR and will have surgery to repair his Achilles. Head coach Robert Sala declined to reveal a timetable but indicated their hope is that the four-time MVP and the centerpiece to their blockbuster offseason will stay with the team during his rehab. The devastating injury, of course, sparked speculation about possible replacements the Jets are expected to add a veteran, but as a backup, Salah emphasized that Zach Wilson is the new starting quarterback and that no acquisition would be brought in to compete with the former first-round pick. We'll see how Wilson fares on Sunday in Dallas against the Cowboys after he gets a full week of practice with the first team under his belt. The Jets are currently nine-and-a-half-point underdogs there. The Giants, despite their ugly week one result, are five-and-a-half-point favorites right now for their Sunday afternoon matchup in Arizona against the Cardinals. On the diamond, the Yankees swept their day-night doubleheader yesterday in Boston against the Red Sox, taking the first game three-to-two before following that up with a four-to-one win in the nightcap. Gleyber Torres had the big hit in game one, a go-ahead two-run single in the sixth inning that propelled the Yanks to victory. In game two, Carlos Rodon looked like the guy the Yankees paid for in the offseason, striking out nine Sox and only allowing four hits over five innings of gritty work. Clark Schmidt will take the hill in tonight's game 3 of 4 in Boston. First pitch is scheduled for 7-10 p.m. In Queens, the Mets were victorious as well, beating the Diamondbacks 7-4 in game 2 of 4 with Arizona. Pete Alonso launched his 44th home run of the season. Francisco Alvarez had a dinger of his own, and Jose Budo earned his first career win on the hill for New York and route to the W. The Mets will see if they can keep it going in game 3 against Arizona tonight. Set for a 7-10 p.m. first pitch, and left-hander Joey Lucchesi is scheduled to get that start. Sports! On 77 WABC, no, I'm Justin Ellick. Let's catch you up on some of the bigger stories of the morning. Former New York City Police and Fire Commissioner Howard Safer has died at the age of 81. His son telling the New York Times overnight that his father died at a hospital in Annapolis, Maryland from a sepsis infection. Safer heading up the FDNY in the mid-90s under Mayor Giuliani and then served as Giuliani's police commissioner from 1996 to 2000. As fire commissioner, Safer visited every firehouse and led efforts to reorganize and re-equip the Department, including with life-saving gear. Later, he served as police commissioner, helping to reduce crime. He also created the department's courtesy, professionalism, and respect program. That phrase still painted on the side of every police car in New York City. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. Democrat Sam Berger winning a special election for a state assembly seat in Queens last night in a race where public safety and migrant shelters were the top campaign issues. Berger is just 25 years old. He's a law school 
school graduate. He beat David Hirsch with almost all of the ballots counted. Unofficial results this morning show Berger with 55% of the vote. The Queens District, it covers Whitestone, College Point, and Kew Garden Hills. The uh, seat opened when Daniel Rosenthal, a Democrat, resigned from the Assembly. Democrats now have 102 seats in the Assembly. Republicans have 48. Escaped killer Danilo Cavacante. The search still on for him. And now, as you might have heard, he's armed with a stolen rifle. Deputy U.S. Marshal Robert Clark says the hunt is even more dangerous for his officers, knowing that Cavacante is armed. That raises the stake for our officers, our deputy marshals, and it increases the chance that that force is going to be used to make an arrest. The head of the Pennsylvania State Police say Cavacante stole the rifle from an open garage before being shot at by the homeowner while racing away. It's believed Cavacante not hurt. Police searching a wooded area with rough terrain for the dangerous escapee. They've actually widened the perimeter of where they think he may be overnight. Cavacante, if you haven't been following this story, busted at a prison in Chester County near Philadelphia now more than two weeks ago where he was serving a life sentence for the murder of his girlfriend. He actually stabbed her 38 times in front of her kids. Once again, we're in that tactical game of hide and seek, only this time uh, he's armed. And there's a lot of people saying, how come you haven't caught him yet? It's been two weeks. Well, police have a message for critics who say Cavacante should have already been put back behind bars. Uh, I invite them to come down here and try to run this investigation yeah. any better. Not easy to find him. 552. The other big story down in D.C., House Speaker Kevin McCarthy backing an impeachment inquiry now into President Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. California Republican making that announcement yesterday, citing dealings the Biden family has made with foreign companies and governments. The president and his son Hunter have denied any wrongdoing and uh, say, hey, show us the evidence. I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. Now, the top Republican in the Senate not saying much about this impeachment inquiry. Here's Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. I don't have any advice to give to the House. They've got a totally different set of challenges than we do. Sounds like he might not be on board. He says the uh, Senate uh, passing bills to keep the government running and avoiding a shutdown. He says they're busy. We've got our hands full here trying to get through the appropriations process. And not have an omnibus. And, of course, not surprising, Democrats are pushing back against this. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer telling reporters that the impeachment inquiry is absurd. So I'm disappointed, but we are not going to let it stop us here in the Senate from keeping the government open and working in a bipartisan way. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. 553, let's bring it back home. A popular sports book issuing another apology over a 9-11-themed bet that they had on Monday. For a moment Monday, sports fans were able to wager on a parlay called Never Forget. It had the New York Jets, the Yankees, and the New York Mets all winning. DraftKings received backlash and removed the parlay from its sports books. The company released a statement saying, We respect the significance of this day for our country, and especially for the families of those who were directly affected. 
unexpected. I'm Trey Thomas. Yeah, it's amazing somebody could be so dopey, right? Uh, while we're talking uh, sports, uh, Joe Namath, uh, maybe the most famous quarterback of all time, uh, going to be joining Sid on Sid and Friends in the morning at 840 this morning. New York State's highest ranking judge making history. Judge Rowan Wilson has become the first person of color to be sworn in as the chief judge of the New York State Appeals Court. The quest to achieve the best possible judicial system must be our focus. And that quest will fail without the hope of you, my friends and friends to be, who truly are friends of New York and its courts. Governor Hochul administering the oath. The Harvard alumnus practiced law for three decades before joining the Court of Appeals more than six years ago, most recently taking over the top spot in the state's highest court. Wilson says the challenges ahead are great and present great opportunity. Firsts are important because they mark the end of an era of exclusion. And and it mark also an important stride in the march towards equality and equity. Here's the governor. It is not why he was selected. He has demonstrated through his years already on this court the intellect, the understanding, the ability to write in such a powerful way and to really make decisions that matter. 555. Half of all people in a new survey say they plan to begin their holiday shopping by Halloween. I'm not one of those. Bank rate senior industry analyst Ted Rossman says the motivation for early shopping is changing. A couple of years ago, everybody was really worried about the supply chain and they were starting early for that reason. I think now it's more of a cost saving measure or maybe put differently, a cost spreading out measure. No doubt some of the issue is the strain on the family budget with inflation. Some feel pressured to spend more money, so they start early and uh, spend it over a couple months period of time. But then we have almost an equal amount, 41%, who say that they're seeking out more coupons and discounts and sales. I think it is going to be a very price-conscious consumer this holiday season. But I do think starting early gives you more time to spread out the purchases Find the best deals. Yeah, and uh, you know some of the online retailers offer deals earlier in the season than they do later. So combine a rewards credit card with a store coupon or coupon code, and then maybe go through one of those online shopping portals like Rakuten or Shop Through Chase. That right there could be three ways to save on the same purchase. Um, it's a significant milestone for a Long Island woman. Madeline Madge Buckley turned 100 years old. Her friends and neighbors at the Bristol Assisted Living Community, community in Jericho out in Long Island throwing her a party. Uh, she seems pretty with it for somebody who's turning 100 years old. Here she is. I raised my family. I was constantly on the move, constantly on the go. So that's why I stayed active because I couldn't sit. I was not in my my uh, vocabulary to sit. Yeah, good for her. Madge has uh, four kids, nine grandchildren and eight grand grandchildren. Happy birthday, Madge. 